0: hey this is kevin weatherby at save the cowboy i want you to tow that stirrup throw a leg over the can take a deep seat and put your hat down tight i ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with god come on what you waiting on let's go So yesterday, I I got to go to a branding, and and you know, you, you hear Ty talk about branding and moving cattle all the time. I talk about branding and moving cattle and tagging calves and all this. But I got to go to a branding yesterday, and believe it or not, one of the things that I like most and sometimes you have to be there for a long time for the important things to set in because one of my favorite parts of a branding is you know you get there and all the truck and trailers pull up and everybody's getting their horse out and the first thing everybody does is goes up and you know hey good morning good morning good morning how's things going and 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 you just get to meet some new people I had I had gone to a branding a couple of weeks ago and met a new guy that, that I had never met before, and he's one of those cowboys he didn't say a word to me I mean other I mean he was really nice whenever we introduced ourselves. hi, I'm Kevin. He told me his name and, and but he didn't say nothing to me the rest of the time and which I didn't think bad about that I, I've been around cowboys like that my my whole life, but I got to work with him again yesterday, and I was like, man, this dude probably doesn't even remember my name, so I walked up to him and I told him good morning, and he called me by name said good morning and we kind of made some little chit chat and then and then whenever we rode out i mean there was like s- probably seven or eight of us and and here we are we're riding out we get to cross this creek there's going to be a story about that in a minute and um so we cross this creek, and it's just amazing because you, you'll see, guys, they're, they're they're riding beside each other, and they're sitting there visiting. And this guy kind of dropped back and start talking to somebody else, and this guy will ride up there and talk to the boss for a while. And you know, it, and it's about a twenty minute, uh, kind of a walk, half long trot to the backside of the pasture. And, and there's like some unspoken cue that whenever we got to this certain point, everybody was talking, and then everybody just kind of was quiet and we just went our different ways to start gathering well the guy that I had met that other time we came we got back and we did about half the cows and then we had to do a lot of pairing up and stuff and so we had uh, I was sitting there on a bench and 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 this guy that didn't say a word to me at the last branding, I was at he come up and he's like man you know anybody sitting here I was like no go ahead and it's kind of a small seat and we sat there and we had lunch together and By that, I'm not saying we fed each other or anything like that. He ate his food and I ate my food. There was no just, I know we got some smart alecks in here. And um, so anyway, but but it's great. It, it's a time of 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 friendship and, and making new friends and and being reacquainted. And, and there was another guy that uh, whenever we were doing the pairing up, as always happens, you know, I, I don't care. You could probably have a steel wall. And a calf is going to squirt through it somewhere, somehow. I I don't know how it happens, but it sure enough happened. And so me and this guy, I looked over, I said, you want to go rope a calf? And I'd had a little bit of practice the day before, so I wanted to see if anything sunk in. So he's like, sure. So, you know, here we go. We get our ropes. and. We go to rope this calf, and we get out there, and they're supposed to. I seen one heading towards the creek, and then we got out there, and there was three out there, so we didn't know if that was one or blah blah. So we got those three pushed in, and we go to to try to get this up, to make sure that the one I saw running off had come back, because a lot of times they'll run off and they'll go, "Oh, I'm all alone," and they'll turn around and they'll come back. And so I said, well, we had left some in the pasture that was about, oh, about three-quarters of a mile away. And I said, why don't we long trot over there and just make sure? He's like, okay, so we, we're going. And of course, we're visiting, and I've got my rope in my hand. He's got his rope in his hand, so in case we jump it up out of the willows or something, we can rope it real quick. And we, we go through Kiowa Creek, and I never seen that much water in that thing in my in my whole life but I mean it's up over most horses knees so on Fiona it's like up to her ears and so um, you know we, we cross this creek and uh, we get through it I mean his horse goes through it fine my horse goes to it fine we long trot over there there's a there's a side roll sprinkler in the way but we can see that you know there's no calf over there so we turn around to come back and we're going along, and we're just sitting there visiting like like friends do. You know, you're riding along with somebody. I've always got this saying that you don't truly know a man until you're rodent with him. Rodent with him. That is not. Don't, don't confuse that with rodent. Rodent. That's like some past participle quantum something of, of that verb. And so anyway, so we're riding along, and we had just gone through this creek that was this deep, right? And so we're riding along, and we're kind of at this slow trot headed back for the pens, got our ropes in our hands still, and we come to this two-track dirt road, and it has this much water in it, about this deep, about this long. Now, Fiona, for once, I ain't got a story about Fiona, but I'm riding along and I'm talking to him, and all of a sudden, I'm looking underneath his horse. His horse got straight to that little puddle. It had just walked through a river, And it planted both its front feet at a long trot, or maybe a slow trot, planted both its feet and jumped about to that ceiling and came down. And whenever it came down, he had a hold of mane, reins, saddle horn, and I think he'd blowed both stirrups. (laughs) Ty probably knows more about this than anybody. When a horse hits the ground and you can hear somebody's back pop all the way up, he looked over at me, and I was like, man, that's a good one. He's like, what's the matter with you? You know, and horse just, like nothing ever happened, and he kind of gimping around the rest of the day. I'd have fallen off, I guarantee you. But you know, when you ride out with a bunch of cowboys and cowgirls, man, it just has a way of just kind of clarifying what's important. You know, our petty differences seem inconsequential when it's a beautiful morning, and you're riding out, and... You know, we're all on the same team, regardless of what you do for a living over here or what I do for a living over there or, or, or you know, what you might like and what I don't like and everything. We're, just because we have different methods, we are all on the same team. And when you're riding out during a branding and you're going out to get the cattle, you're all on the same team. It's not one cowboy over another. You, you're just working as a team. And we all depend on the man next to us and they depend on us. And that creates a camaraderie that, that, that's very important. But that type of camaraderie, or, or better yet, friendship, can we experience that type of friendship with God? Well, you know, I told you last week we talked about Abraham was being called a friend of God. Well, there's another man that was also kind of spoke of in the same way. And that'd be a guy a fellow named Moses that most everybody's heard about whether you die-hard Christian been doing this this work for a long time or or maybe you're just starting out most people's heard of Moses and in, in exodus chapter 33 verse 11 Bible says this it says the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend now, now, granted, you know, pe- people ask me all the time, you know, how do you know when God's talking to you? Well, you know, I think I kind of touched on that. You, you just kind of got to listen. It's not a- it's not a matter of words. Now, Moses, I-, I-, I do believe he had a little advantage. He had the burning bush. OK, I wish I had me a burning bush because I got a few questions I'd like to talk to God about. I talk to him about him all the time, and I think that he just grins. <laughs> Kind of like that old cowboy, you know, when you ask him a question, he goes, well, I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) So, uh, but the Bible says the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Here's a question. You talk to God like he's your friend. I mean, I think it's a valid question uh, because I think that too many people, to, that th- they go one way, like, you know, they're, oh, Heavenly Father, how far out there? And use 40,000 big church words, you know, and thinking that maybe God doesn't, you know, God speaks church, you know, because He doesn't understand anything else. So they throw, try to throw in a bunch of big fancy church words or God ain't going to understand. Ah, oh, crap, that's that's stupid. And so, you know, but I think that some people may 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 go overboard a little bit the other way, that they don't have the reverence that, that God's some sort of, you know, genie or something that they can go to with a problem, and, oh, I want that, I'll just ask God for it. You know, he, he's not a vending machine, okay? We've got to strike a balance in there. Do you talk to God of His as if he was a friend? Well, you know, I, I think that just like last week when we looked at Abraham, and we looked at his life, and, and, and what he did as to why God called him a friend. I think we can do the same thing with Moses and say, okay, maybe we can learn some things between the interaction between Moses and God, and maybe we can learn something about our own relationship, our own friendship with God, so that we might be called a friend of God. Now, before I go any further, um, you know, I, I, I think I thank God for, for every single one of you but I thank God for Ty because it's one of those things that that when it comes to cowboy he's more advanced than I am which usually just means he's probably made more mistakes than I have so he tries to help me out before I make one of those I mean the good cowboys have always made more mistakes but you know when it when it comes to, in certain situation ties the boss And 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 I and I go along beside him, and he can tell me what to do, and 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 I can I can defer to his his knowledge and and if I dare say it, his wisdom also. But but in other matters, like when it comes to the save the cowboy part, he can do the same with me. And and I think that that's how we have to do with God. We got to be able to say, you know what, I can be your friend, God, but at the same time, we're gonna let you be in charge. Okay. So what did God and Moses talk about? Well, I mean, what was some of the interactions that they had? Well, I I think the very first one is, now you have to understand who Moses was. Maybe, like I said, maybe you haven't read that Bible cover to cover. Like, I I haven't. I've never sat down and started. I, I did try that one time. I got to Genesis chapter 1, verse 22. For I gave up on it. That Bible was not meant to be read as a novel. If God leads you to read it cover to cover, by all means, do it. But he ain't never led me to do it. So I just kind of go where he leads me. And he usually ain't led me Genesis to Revelations. But uh, if you don't know about Moses, here's a quick rundown of him. He was a Hebrew slave. He's one of God's people that, that uh, they, were, they were killing all the Hebrew babies. And so they, they, they made a basket. His mom made a basket and sent him out in the water where she knew Pharaoh's daughter was, was out there, I guess, taking a shower or something. I'm not sure. And um, they, they found this baby. And she kind of took that baby and raised it as her own. So he thought he was an Egyptian for a long time. And then he finds out he's a Hebrew. And he kills a fella. Okay? Now, and I don't want you to raise your hands, but I very seriously doubt. Now, I know we got some veterans in here, and, and God bless you for your service, but I'm not talking about in a war. I think there's very few people in here that's killed somebody. Okay. there's I mean, he that's what Moses did. Somebody was 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 abusing a Hebrew slave and he come in there and and knocked him off. Well, he got sent away. And so he goes out into the desert for for a long time, like 40 years. And he's just a sheep herder or a goat herder. I don't think there's cattle. But anyway, that's okay. That's not his fault. And so uh, he goes out there for a long time. And then God calls him. He's like, hey, man. I got a purpose for you. And so that's the first kind of interaction between God and Moses is, is God gave Moses a purpose. He told him, he said, hey, man, I want you to go set my people free. That kind of sounds like that old church song that some of you have been going to church for a long time, you know, Pharaoh, Pharaoh. All right, I don't remember the rest. But anyway, uh, that's all I remember. But he set the Israelite. He, he told Moses, he said, hey, man, you go over there and you set the pe- my people free. That's the rest of that verse. Set my people free. Now, there's something you got to understand about Moses. He ain't no spring chicken anymore, okay? And besides, he's made a lot of mistakes. I mean, he's not even who he thought he was, and he done killed somebody. Man, he don't even know what he's doing anymore. He says, hey, I want you to go talk to Pharaoh and convince him to set my people free. And Moses, I think, I think Moses' middle name was Mel Moses Mel we're not sure what his last name was. See, Moses was a stutter. I mean, and he tells God. he started, I mean, as soon as God gives him his purpose, what's the first thing Moses starts doing? Making excuses. Does that sound familiar? God says, hey, man, I want you to do this. And, you're, and, and I, I love it because the number one question I get asked all the time is, I just don't know what God wants me to do. And then when God reveals it, they're like, I don't want to do that, because <laughs> I guarantee you, you know, he's never going to lead you into your comfort zone. He's going to look at where you're at and what you're comfortable with, and he's going to go, nah, do this over here. So that's what he does with Moses. He's like, hey, man, I want you to go talk to Pharaoh and get him to 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 let my people go. And he's like, man, God, I ain't the man for you. God, you're wrong. <laughs> How many times have we if, we, if we're honest with ourselves, that's what we've told God. You know, something wasn't quite going our way. So we tell God that that God's made a mistake. Set the Israelites free. Moses stated all of his excuses of why he wasn't the man for the job. God told him. God said, you know what, Moses, you're right. I was wrong. You don't have to do anything. I'll go find somebody else. No, that's not what God said. God basically, if you go read that little part of the Bible, God basically says, shut up. You're going to do what I told you to do. And I think that our lives would be a lot better off if God would just come right out. And when we go to making excuses about what we're supposed to be doing, if he just say, shut up, you're going to do it anyway. Yes, sir. So he's not only did God choose Moses. He talked to him. He gave him a purpose. Moses threw out all these excuses. God wasn't having none of it. And he says, you're going to do it anyway. Moses says, fine. And then after Moses says, okay, I'll do it, then God says, I'm going to send Aaron to help you. But see, God's going to help us along the way. You're not on this journey alone. No more than we go, I mean, I've tried to gather cattle by myself before. I don't care how gentle they are. It don't always work out. And God, whenever he reveals your purpose to you, He's gonna send you cowboys and cowgirls to help you, not to do it for you, but to aid in maybe some of your shortcomings until you uh, get better at things. He sent Aaron to help. Do you talk to God like he's a friend? I think the first thing that we can learn from Moses is that God gives us purpose, but you have gotta talk to him in order to do that. I mean, I think the chances of each and every one of us getting that burning bush are slim. Okay, I, I can't predict the future, but it's probably pretty slim. You know, I, I, I think that uh, just like in another story in the Bible where uh, there's this prophet and, and he wants to see God face to face, and he, God tells him, to Go up to this mountain and wait in this cave, and there, there's like this earthquake. But it the prophet didn't walk out because God wasn't in the earthquake. And then there's like this big old fire or something. There might have been a tornado. And or, I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff happened. And he never walks out. And then it said, a gentle breeze blew by. And he walked out and saw God. Because God was in the gentle breeze. A lot of us are too busy going here and there and we're so busy with our lives of of chasing after our own dreams and our own fantasies that that we totally miss god because he's in the gentle breeze he's not in the big thunderous uh momentous occasions he's in those little bitty things that you got to be still enough to listen to God gave Moses a purpose, and the second thing that God gave Moses was encouragement. So we're gonna we're gonna fast forward, okay? So he he did you like that? So uh, I'm gonna copyright that, by the way. You can use it though. So Moses goes and, and he and, and he tells Pharaoh, he's like, "Hey, man, you gotta let you know all your slaves go." It didn't go over too well with Pharaoh, so there's like all these plagues that, you know, basically God said, Moses, I'm going to use you, and as long as Pharaoh doesn't let my people go, bad things are going to keep happening to them. Not because I want to punish them, just because he's going to, I'm going to make him let y'all go. So all these plagues go on, and finally, the the thing that they celebrate every year, the Passover, the angel of death comes and kills the firstborn of, of everybody that doesn't. Uh, sacrifice an animal and put its blood over the doorposts and so finally Pharaoh's like Pharaoh's son dies and he's like y'all get out of here. So they all get out of there right? But they don't just get out of there. God kind of lays it on Pharaoh's heart and and all the Egyptians. Not only do we want you to leave but we're going to give you all of our gold and all of our riches to take with you. That's a good deal. And so anyway they get right up to the Red Sea. Man everybody's happy Pharaoh has a change of heart. He's like, I'm going to wipe y'all out. I'm going to mop the floor with you. So here comes the the world's greatest, most powerful army in the world. And they're stuck between the Red Sea and the most powerful army in the world. Man, you talk about being between a water and a hard place. That doesn't really make sense, but you know what I mean. And so... He's sitting there, and so Moses and all the Israelites, boy, they're crying out to God. Oh, God! And even some of them are saying, you just let us out here in the desert just to watch us die. We were better off being slaves. You ever think God just kind of goes, oh, my gosh. I know I have to be responsible for about three, if God's forehead can be bruised, I must be responsible for at least three or four really big ones. But um, the second thing that we can learn from this is that God offers us encouragement. Because one of my favorite verses in the Bible, I have no idea what it is. Okay, because I, I I don't really sit around trying to impress y'all with how well I can memorize Bible verses and what the scripture reference is and everything. Because I don't care, but I do care about what it says. Because this is what God tells Moses. He says, "Why do you keep crying out to me? Get moving." Step out into the water. And as soon as they step out into the water, the Red Sea parts. And and most people know that story. But you know what? He he didn't part the Red Sea until they stepped out into the water. See, God's going to give you encouragement also. When you learn how to talk to God, He will encourage you toward your purpose and your destiny. He will clear out any obstacles in your way. After you step out into the water because I guarantee you more people do not experience the fullness of the relationship with God because they want God to give them everything they need to accomplish the task that they feel God has given them. Well, God doesn't work like that. He doesn't say, here, here's everything you need for the next 35 years to get started. No, he says, you just get going that way. And as you come up to something and you have need, I'm going to provide it for you, whether it be encouragement from another person, help, money, whatever the case may be. Very few times is it money. Most of the time, it's faith. He will clear out any obstacles in your way. Are you, can you be called a friend of God? Can you be called a friend of God? Because when you develop that relationship with God, you have to be able to talk with him. You know, you have to be able to 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 be available to listen because, you know, God will show you your purpose just like he did Moses. God will give you encouragement just like he did Moses. But I guarantee you. Every single time, he's going to say, step out in faith, and then I'll do it. I'm not going to do it because, I mean, nobody would have been scared if they would have come up to the Red Sea and it had been parted. I Oh, they might have been a little freaked out because I would have been. And I'd have probably been like that horse and tried to jump over it or something. But uh, And I don't like fish. So if I was walking across the Red Sea, I don't know if Red Sea has sharks or not, but that would have freaked me out. <laughs> that wasn't in the notes. And the third thing that we can learn from God's interaction with Moses of things that they talked about is this. God gave Moses instruction. Well, the most famous of these instructions is called the Ten Commandments. And, you know, if you really look at the Ten Commandments, there's a big debate because really... um, there is a Hebrew word for commandment, but it's more of the line of the, how do you say this? You know, like, 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 I know some people that can't tell they, they don 't even recognize north, south, east, or west. they turn at the McDonald's, turn left at the McDonald 's and then go three blocks and turn right. You know that's just the way they are it, It's more like landmarks that's what the Ten Commandments are supposed to be. If you want to get where you're going, here's some landmarks to go by they're not commands that if you if you don't do it then then you're going to you know fall into oblivion or something that's not it they're signposts to get you where you need to go but you you think about it. Thou shalt not commit adultery. I mean, I'm sorry. Shouldn't we know that? I mean, come on. Uh, unless you're just some sort of perv or something. I mean, I think that that's pretty obvious. Don't cheat. Don't be jacking with somebody else's jenny if you understand what I'm talking about. Okay. So when God gives us instructions, you know, they're not these like. Poof. They're pretty obvious, you know. Hey, man, depend on me, not on you. Duh. You know, the 10 does, I think that's what they should be called. And I'm not, I'm not trying to you know, be blasphemous or anything, but th- these things are pretty obvious. They're pretty obvious. God gave Moses instructions, the most notable is the 10 does. Y'all can use that if you want to. But see, God will tell you how to live, how to work, how to be a friend, how to think, how to not be afraid. If you'll just listen. I mean, we're, we're talking about how to be a friend to God. Well, you've got to talk to Him. But, but, you know, it's not just us talking to Him. It's us listening to what He has to say. And, and you know, when we listen to what He says, he, He's going to give you a purpose. He, he's going he's to offer you encouragement. I mean, I, I've never seen God look down and try to discourage somebody from becoming all that He made them to be. There's the 11th duh, Okay. God is not setting you up for failure. He's setting you up for success. Hang on to your hats, cowboys. For the first time ever, you can now hear the entire message, unedited with every laugh and nugget of wisdom Save the Cowboy has to offer. All you got to do is go to SaveTheCowboy.com and click on Podcast right there on the homepage. You can listen right there or subscribe and never have to worry about missing another story. Pull the truck over, rest your horse, or put down that hot shot and do it right now. Go to SaveTheCowboy.com and ride with us every week down that narrow trail. Until then, this is Kevin Weatherby. See you next time. Today's message was brought to you in part by Rod and Brenda Denning at Hitchin Post Hay. Call them for all your hay needs at 303-324-8217. And if you'd like to become one of our radio sponsors, contact us by going to savethecowboy.com and sending us an email or call 303-621-0133. Thanks, Pards.